I'm Bill Mick with WMMB Radio in Melbourne, Florida, where we have a governor that will actually stand for what's right. My show airs mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern. Every day we discuss news, politics, and social issues that impact us all. Tuesdays in our 8 o'clock hour, Dave joins me for something we call Dave Does History, where Dave brings us events from our past that contain lessons for right now. To listen live, find WMMB on the iHeartRadio app. Or catch up with us, the Space Coast Morning Conversation, and our podcast at BillMick.com. That's M-I-C-K, like E-Y Mouse, except we still get that gender's binary, unlike the corporate wonks at the Mouse House. I said this weeks ago, and I will continue to say it again. Stop telling me how, quote-unquote, slam dunk the midterms are going to be. It's going to be a bloodbath, say many of my compatriots in this business. Look, I have long had a political mantra that I find myself repeating far, far more often than I wish I had to. It's simply this. Never underestimate the ability of the GOP to screw things up. Morning, everybody. It has been a strange week. There is no video today. Um, there's some reasons for it. I'm actually, I actually am recording a video. Just not gonna have time to edit it today. There's a lot of stuff going on. It's uh, the Friday of spring break. Uh, we've got a big event tomorrow for subvets that I'm trying to get ready for, and. It's just, it bends out of school. It's been crazy. Anyway, if I have time to edit it over the weekend, maybe I will, but I probably won't. So back to this midterm thing. There are many of you who keep telling me, and and, and you may actually believe this, that the this is going to be a red wave of epic proportions. And it may be. But if you think that the Democrat Party is just going to roll over and let you have it, you're delusional. Yes, I know the reason that Breyer retired and they pushed Jackson through was because they didn't. They're concerned. Their own internal polling is showing them this, that, and the other. And I, I get all that. But I also don't buy the argument that the Democrat Party is just throwing up its hands. It's 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 gonna give up. This isn't about really it isn't about parties, it's not about yeah, this is about power, folks. And maintaining power is more than just being in office. You understand that, right? It's controlling who's in office. It doesn't matter. I've said this so many times I'm blue in the face. It doesn't matter who you elect to office. Once they get to office, they're going to be house trained. They're going to come in line with the people who want certain things done a certain way. And they're going to show them why they should do them that way if they want to stay in office. Being in power isn't just about being in office. It's about controlling people who are in office. And it's a game that's been successfully played for hundreds, if not thousands of years, and continues to be played that way. We've watched over the past, I don't know, 18, 19 months, the fiasco that is what's going on in the world today. And it's hard. It really is hard not to think to yourself, this is on purpose. I, so many of you have said that to me. I've thought it. It's on purpose. And I think that there is a certain element of perception of weakness, and that's why much of what's happening is happening. Putin doesn't invade Ukraine if he doesn't sense 
that he's going to get away with it. North Korea doesn't shoot missiles if they don't sense that they can get away with it. Palestinians don't attack people in Tel Aviv if they don't sense that they're going to get away with it. All of this stuff is happening because there is a sense of weakness, but there's this eerie feeling in the back of my mind that that perception of weakness is on purpose. Now, again, the people who are, who are controlling things, and I'm not this, I'm, I'm not Eric. I'm not one of these one world government hyper uh, conspiracy theory people, but I do accept the fact that people like Joe Biden are puppets. Joe Biden is no one who would ever have been seriously considered for president, except for one reason and one reason only. He was literally the only person who possibly could have beaten Donald Trump. It's it. He's the only one. Hillary Clinton couldn't do it. Bernie Sanders wasn't going to do it. Nobody else was going to do it. And so despite the fact that he is, um, well, to be, to be charitable, a dunce, uh, he was put in that position and his job is to, you know, be in the seat. It's not really sign what we tell you to sign, go where we tell you to go, do what we tell you to do. And that's it. And of course, the good thing here is that the people who voted for him, they recognize this as well. They don't care. They say things like, hey, no more mean tweets. The economy's great. Every, Joe Biden has created more jobs in 12 months than any president in history. And of course, you can you know follow along with that, but there you go. It all becomes the power of marketing. It really does. Telling you what you want to see. What do I mean? Marketing is what this is really all about. We've seen this in the past, just in the past few weeks. I don't even have to go back to the 70s and the stupid pet rock thing or Crystal Pepsi or New Coke or, or anything else. Cigarettes. The power of marketing has been on display for us just in the last few years. Don't say gay. The bill, you know, the, the Florida parental rights bill, the don't say gay bill. If you say the Florida parental rights bill, people don't know what you're talking about. If you say the don't say gay bill, people instantly know. In Florida right now, I was listening to Bill the other day, talking about manatees. Hey, manatees are great. Did you know that? Manatees are fantastic. Manatees are the greatest animal in the world. It's all marketing. You can convince people just about anything through marketing. You can convince them that Joe Biden has created more jobs than any president in the history of the world. You can convince them that the economy is stronger than it's ever been. And the same people who are telling you that are the same people who are posting on the anti-work Reddit board about how, how miserable they are because they can't find a job. But the economy is great. It's all marketing. I said this a couple of weeks ago, February 25th to be precise, and I will say it again. From a marketing standpoint, from a selling the party, selling the voters on what they want, the Ukraine war, the invasion of Ukraine by Vladimir Putin was absolutely the best thing the Democrats could possibly have hoped for. And they got it. And they are marketing this as a test of your patriotism. It's a belief in freedom. It's a war about freedom, right? <laughs> they never say liberty. They always say freedom. Human rights. Upholding, opposing war crimes, upholding the law. You know, opposing Putin. 
because that's what it's all about, right? We got to oppose. It's being marketed as the, the war in Ukraine is, is about being against Putin. And then they remind you subtly up to now, you know, you know, that guy, Putin, right? Trump's buddy, the guy that Trump said he admires, the guy that Trump said he likes. Oh, by the way, if you oppose in any way supporting Ukraine, if you're not on board flag waving, if you haven't changed your profile pic to a Ukrainian flag, if you're not talking about the Ukrainians that you know personally, if you're not posting and retweeting journalists on the ground, if you're not, you know, celebrating all things Ukrainian right now, you are a Trump supporter. Now, you may not be, but you're being portrayed that way. You're being marketed that way. And if you are a Trump supporter, in other words, if you are not on board with what we're saying about Ukraine, then you are a Trump supporter. You probably vote for Trump. And that makes you de facto a Putin lover. You love Vladimir. Might as well have a t-shirt. I heart Vlad. And they are starting to push politicians this way. Republican politicians running for office are starting to be challenged. Hey, do you support action being taken to oppose Putin in Ukraine? Do you think that we should do more to support Ukraine against Vladimir Putin? The politicians have to step back and they have to decide, well, do I support that? Again, I've told you before, I, I see no strategic interest whatsoever for the United States in Ukraine. Got an email yesterday telling me about, well, there wasn't any strategic interest in France in 1917 either. Well, actually there was, but I guess there could be in Ukraine for the same reason now that we keep giving them money, but we're not even loaning them money. We're just giving them money. At least with France and England, we loaned it to them and said, we expect you to pay us back and we'll even help you win the war so that you can pay us back. Ukraine, we're just handing them millions upon millions of dollars saying, here, go fight the Russians. We like that. It's not a loan at all. Maybe the strategic interest of the United States is simply to oppose evil, to oppose that which we have decided is bad. And, you know, Trump, he keeps saying that Vladimir, he's, he likes him, he's, he admires him, he's savvy, he's smart. So if you don't think that Putin is bad, you're a Trump voter and a Republican, and how can we possibly trust you in office? Therefore, choose right now between expanding a war in Ukraine or Donald Trump, who, by the way, as far as I know, has not come out and said we shouldn't fight in Ukraine. I, I haven't paid any attention to Donald Trump since he left office, to be honest with you. Uh, he may have said it. I don't know. But this is how it's being marketed. Politicians are being forced to choose. You're being forced to choose. You're being forced. You're being told that it's a moral decision. And that if you come down on the wrong side of this morality, you are unpatriotic. You hate freedom. You love Donald Trump, who loves Vladimir Putin. And therefore, you should not be allowed to have your kind of policies in office. This is the marketing plan that they're using. Oh, Dave, you say that'll never happen. It's the economy, stupid, and the economy's bad. You think so. I think so. 
What about 45% of the people in this country who don't think it's bad? What are you going to tell them? I know, I know, believe, believe me, I know, I understand that you $6 gas, but $6 gas, you understand is good. It's not bad. It's good because it puts the screws to Putin and the people who want to believe that, who have been believed that marketing, believe that they don't understand that Vladimir Putin is selling gas and oil in rubles and that NATO members like Hungary are willing to pay rubles to get their gas and, and oil. They don't understand that because of the way the economics of oil work, Vladimir Putin is staring at a windfall profit this year, despite the sanctions. They're not thinking about these things. They're simply accepting the fact that they've been told that Vladimir Putin is bad. Trump loves Putin. Therefore, $6, $7 gas is great. It's the economy, stupid. Well. It is, but not when you can convince people that this is what's best for them. Not when you can convince people that, well, you paid $7 a gallon to defeat Vladimir Putin. Why can't you pay $8 a gallon to defeat global climate change? It's all marketing, folks. I've been telling you that this is going to happen. I, back on February 25th, I did a show where I told you this was coming. And today, the front pages of both the New York Times and the Washington Post have essentially this article. The New York Times morning newsletter this morning says, good morning. We look at the quote Putin wing unquote of the Republican party. It's a picture of Donald Trump with Vladimir Putin and how Republicans love Donald Trump and Donald Trump loves Putin. And therefore when Trump called Putin strong, savvy and a genius Echoing his ideology by harshly criticizing NATO. <laughs> there you go. Washington Post essentially has the same thing on there. There's a Netflix documentary that's come out recently. I don't know if you've seen it or not called The Family. It's, it's actually pretty interesting. And for somebody like me, it's fascinating because I have my issues with organized religion, as you know. But at least one of the episodes in this thing is all about how Republicans love Donald Trump and Donald Trump loves Putin and they like Putin because he's anti-homosexual. He, he, he won't say gay. And so therefore, if you support Florida's don't say gay law, you support Putin. The GOP's response to all this, again, go back to my mantra, never underestimate the power of the GOP to screw things up. What has been the GOP response to all of this? As far as I can tell, the tepid GOP response has been, well, I guess we should do more to support war, to support Ukraine, to fight Putin. And we're slowly shifting towards this on-the-ground combat in Ukraine. The GOP response has been slowly but surely to move towards a support for war. Like I said at the beginning, isn't that exactly what the people who are really in power want and always have wanted? It's all marketing, folks. It's all trying to convince you to do what they want you to do. 